good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN Weekly for Saturday, July 30th, 2022. It's been another great week of shows with great topics and great contributors. We kicked off the week with a look at how you can save money at the pump. Let's take a look. There are geopolitical forces at play here that we don't have any control over. And uh, the best thing to do is just to sort of manage the situation as best we can. So how to save money on fuel is kind of where we're uh, attempting to help people out. The fuel bill is still going to be pretty high just because of what it costs per gallon to buy gas. But there are a number of ways that you can mitigate that. Um, For starters, sort of planning out where you're going to go to get gas helps, because as you've noticed, the prices vary widely, even from block to block sometimes. So you can look at gas apps or even Waze or Google Maps or something like that to find out where around you is going to have the cheapest prices. So before you even head out, you can sort of plan out your fuel trips, your your fuel stops and uh, get the best price. Um, there, there are other ways you can save money on gas. Um, you know, a lot of people use Costco cards or Sam's Club and other kind of things. You know, many people look at those gas station credit cards where you can get so many cents off per gallon as a way to save money on fuel. And you can save a little bit that way, but that's how many cents per gallon. If, you, if you're going to save three, four, five cents per gallon, the bite of that goes down somewhat when the price goes from $3 to $5, you know, it's going to be a smaller percentage. Whereas those, uh, those, those uh, savings club store cards tend to give you a percentage per gallon, however many percent it is, two, three, four, five percent. You have to look at the particulars for each one, but those will give you better savings even as the price fluctuates. And they also have other perks, too. You have to look into the particulars of uh, each card, but there can be other perks. And you can actually save a lot of money on gas and other supplies. Um, You know, prices on everything have gone up uh, as inflation has ramped up over the past several months. Bundling your appointments is a great idea because if you're having to drive across town to one thing and then go to the other thing somewhere else, you know, you might hit traffic. Traffic is back now, if you've noticed. so if you're grinding through traffic, you're using a lot more fuel. It's better to just go to one place, do all the things you got to do, and then come back home or to work or wherever you have to be. And uh, the less driving around you have to do, the better. And let's face it, driving around, uh, running errands isn't necessarily the most pleasant way to spend time. So uh, you can save money there, too. Making sure your car is tuned up and uh, is getting the best fuel economy it can. Checking your tire pressure on a regular basis. I know that's one that uh, has been drilled into us since a young age, but no, you know, a lot of people just, eh, whatever, tires, you know, but it, it really does help to have your tires properly inflated. That'll uh, affect your fuel economy. Um, you know, you can also uh, think about how you drive. If, if you're speeding from light to light, you're gonna use a lot more fuel than if you drive smoothly and it's also, you know, not as hard on your car. And then when you're out on the freeway, if you keep the, the faster you go, the more gas you're going to use because as your speed increases, the wind resistance against the car increases exponentially. So you need more power to overcome wind resistance. And 
it doesn't seem like it would be that much because you press the pedal and the car goes, but the numbers tell a different story and you're going to get much better fuel economy if you just kind of slow down and drive more mellow. A lot of cars now have a little uh, in, an indicator on the dash that tells you what your fuel economy is. You can kind of make a game out of it. Um, I've been keeping an eye on mine. I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm guilty of the same, you know, especially around here uh, in the New York area. Driving tends to be a little competitive, but I've really slowed it down. Yeah. You know, the numbers are, are telling me, hey, I'm getting better fuel economy when I, when I drive more slowly and uh, just with a, a lighter touch. Again, I think the best thing to do is to moderate your speed. Uh, you're going to see, especially over a long distance, you're going to see uh, better fuel economy and you're going to spend less money. But of course, you can also, if you're really dedicated, plan out your fuel stops and look at where you're going to be stopping most likely because you know how far your car can go or how far your family can go before you need to stop and take breaks and all that kind of stuff. So you if you're going to stop at the main travel plaza, you'll, you might pay uh, 10, 20 cents more a gallon, depending on where you are uh, for fuel than as if you find someplace off the beaten path a little bit. Next up, we assessed the performance of public and private benefits. Let's take a look. A lot of all other policy shops look at people's finances from like one piece at a time, whether they got a job and have income, um, whether their expenses are too high in housing. Our perspective is that the whole entire compensation package, especially benefits, needs to be included when we talk about it. This scorecard is our attempt to take a look at all of the benefits that affect the financial security of workers and talk about how they, uh, and rate them on whether or not they do a good job uh, doing the four key things that we know that all benefits do. And that's uh, supplement income and provide financial stability. That's protecting income. That's helping deal with kind of critical expenses and meeting essential needs. Um, and it's also finding ways to build wealth. Uh, and our perspective, again, is that private benefits, there are those that are provided by an employer, as well as public benefits, the things that you get from the government, really do each serve all four of those functions. And this scorecard assesses 22 key benefits in two ways. Does it work for the workers who have access to it? And then uh, does it work for the workforce as a whole, including the people who don't have access to it and what those levels are? We think it's the first of the kind that does something like this and are really excited to roll it out. I think one of the key ways, there, there are a few key ways I'd say we can use this, this scorecard. The first is looking at kind of where existing benefits that those employers might have might need improvement. There are places where uh, existing employer benefits could use uh, improvements in delivery. So for example, retirement savings, one of the most powerful tools that retirement savings have, as I'm sure you have covered on the show, is automatic enrollment. Whether or not people can get opted in to that savings program, and we know that's super powerful for people. Not all employers offer that. And so for each of those benefits that you provide, are you providing the features and the, the costs that make it equitably available to all the workers, all your workers? The second thing is to look at that array of, of, of benefits and see if you're providing all the things that are essential for workers and understand how it fits into their financial lives. That's another place this scorecard fits in. We've looked at the essential benefits that most employers offer. Um, and so those, those benefits are the ones that feel the most essential. And you can take a look at the data on how they work for people and also um, whether it makes sense to add anything to your core compensation package. 
The last thing I'll say that's a little different about this beyond that kind of poor compensation is a better understanding of how public benefits affect the financial security of your of your workers. Um, especially folks that might hire non-traditional workers or contract workers or part-time workers, a lot of delivery improvements and adequacy improvements need to be made to the public benefits system um, that really do affect people's financial lives and their productivity at work. So uh, for the employer benefits in particular, um, the, they're kind of fall in two dimensions. On the first half, it's like the, the assessment about whether it works for the people who have access. And on those lines with one or two exceptions, um, employer benefits are doing pretty well. Um, that people who have access to them have additional stability, um, that it's delivered in a way that's relatively easy for folks. Um, and so it really does enhance people's financial stability. So uh, health insurance is that way, uh, retirement benefits are that way. I think they, there are a few places to look for improvements. I think the, the I mentioned automatic enrollment on the retirement side for health insurance, um, it's a it's a difficult cost question, but it really is a question of how much out-of-pocket costs an, an employee has to pay for those sorts of benefits that can limit the equitability of the benefits people get from that um, and make it more difficult for low-income people to afford their health insurance, even if they do have access to it. Right? So on the margins, there are things that employers do need to look at, uh, but overall those benefits by and large are doing well for the people who have access. It's the other piece of accessibility where we have the biggest gaps when it comes to employer benefits. So part-time workers and contingent workers in particular don't have access to those benefits and therefore the benefit system as a whole is leaving many people behind. So for instance, 28 million workers don't have access to paid sick leave. And so if you don't have access to paid sick leave and your kid gets sick and you have to stay home or you get COVID, and even if it doesn't, you know, isn't life-threatening, it means you can't go to work and infect all your colleagues. If you don't have paid sick leave, that's a day's worth of, of income that you suddenly have to cover elsewhere. And so that gap in accessibility of that benefit is critical. And on the wealth side, as you've covered extensively on the retirement network, 37 million workers lack access to workplace retirement benefits, 58% of part-time workers lack access, and those numbers are even worse for Black and Hispanic households. And so there is a ways to go in terms of closing the access and participation gaps for workplace benefits. But again, if you have access to and participate in them, the employer benefit system is doing pretty well. One quick addition I would say is it is a long report, but it's very infographic heavy. So don't be turned yeah. off by the length of the pages, a lot of graphics, a lot of easy to understand information that'll be useful to your viewers. Well, we're halfway through and we come back, we'll take a look at the other half of our best segments for the week. You're gonna to wanna to stay tuned right here on BRN Weekly. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer healthier and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. 
But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score, a credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and called Credit Repaired for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Welcome back. Next up this week, we took a look at recent aging research around amphibians and reptiles. Let's take a look. We at the National, the Division of, uh, at the National Institute of Aging, we provide, uh, we are scientists, but we provide, uh, in this case, funds for researchers across the, the country, uh, uh, across the U.S., to perform this unique type of, of research. So in this case, uh, we, we focus on aging, the aging process. So basically what we, we are doing is comp studying comparative species. How is the aging uh, affecting other species? Uh, because we can learn lessons that we could be applied to humans. Really the, the difference, what we, are, well, we, what we know and we are lear still learning is that there are tremendous difference in more in some groups, some species, like for example, in cold blood animals in contrast with mammals and birds. Uh, we know that uh, size of the particular species, a particular animal, makes a difference. And also, and this is very important, the exposure, the environment, that plays a crucial role in how an individual will get, uh, age faster or slower. But again, I want to emphasize this is not a, a black and white uh, answer. In science, there are very few areas that is really black and white. What we're doing is that we have, now we know uh, a lot more about the aging process. Uh, but again, there's a tremendous age, uh, differences between the different species. Uh, some species like, uh, for example, the killifish is a type of fish that lives in several, uh, several areas of the world, especially in Africa, they live for weeks. And then you have uh, certain species of whales that can live up to over 100, 200 years. But the, but the big champions in long life are certain cold-blooded fish that can, uh, in Greenland, the Greenland shark that can go over, for example, three, 400 years of, of age. 
that uh, a, a huge, of course, a huge difference. And as the term said, cold-blooded cold animals, they are uh, they don't have control of the of the temperature of their internal temperature. They they um, basically, depending of the environment, uh, they will have more activity or less activity. When the temperature goes up, there is warmer. They tend to have more activity, but they're extremely dependent on the environment. Instead, mammals like birds and uh, excuse, excuse me, mammals and, 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 and birds, they they control the, the temperature. The, the temperature is constant, and they, they that, that allows to a better adaptation to the environment. Well, this is one of the significant contributions of this study of this this uh, paper that you are cited and, and was funded by us. This this uh, um, scientific work. Uh, it shows really that even in a small species, independent, regardless of the size, their their adaptation to the environment and protection about predators could be the key for several species. For turtles, for example, the shell provides a unique protection. It makes it more difficult for, for predators to get to them so they can live a longer life uh, instead of, of if they didn't have this protection. The same thing is with some, some snakes that they have. Uh, some other mechanisms to, to, to protect, to be protected against predators. So really that makes difference. And again, there's a tremendous difference between the different species. So basically this is an example of protection from the environment and, they, and it's showing that the animals really can live long, long lives if they are protected from, from the environment from predators. And finally, thinking about a side hustle, we discussed some tips before you jump right in. Let's take a look. Um, well, there was this vastly growing burgeoning economy in um, where online platforms were offering to solve all your personal finance problems by allowing you to work when you wanted, how you wanted, where you wanted. Um, it was this uh, ideally flexible and fabulous answer to everything from having student loans to not having enough money for retirement. And um, so I was reporting for, you know, major market publications, Kiplinger, Reuters, uh, CBS News, and um, and I was being bombarded by information about these places. And so I started to dig in because I wanted to know what could you do? How much would you earn? You know, like how did it work? And what I found is um, it, it was an incredibly stratified marketplace. There were really good opportunities out there um, that nobody would ever know about. And there were really abusive platforms that would lure you in with false promises and do everything from, you know, kicking you off the platform before you could collect your money to um, just uh, paying you vastly less than what they had promised. And so I felt we needed a, um, independent review site. There wasn't one. Uh, and so that's what we decided to do is just create the kind of consumer reports or wire cutter of this, um, you know, money making opportunities in uh, this wild west of the freelance economy. Um, and now we research, review and rate more than 450 different ways you can make money. It's incredibly diverse uh, and it's fun because um, there's almost no uh, no passion you can't pursue and um, make 
it, often very good money at it. And then there are just things, like I said, you would probably never imagine you could do like renting your house out for events by the hour. COVID kicked side hustles into overdrive. And for logical reasons, um, everybody essentially went home to work, right? And um, after a probably six month transition period, they started going, whoa, this is great. This actually works. I'm able to do my work and balance my life um, a little bit. I don't have a commute. I don't have to get in work clothes. I don't have to do all these things that take up a huge amount of your day. Um, and so millions of people decided, I'm not going back into an office. That's not happening. And so when um, different employers started pulling people back into their office and saying, this is a condition of employment, you saw or you're seeing still the great res resignation. People saying, yeah, okay, you know, see, ya, I, I'm going to find something else to do. And those people are now flooding side hustle platforms and the platforms are stepping up to take them. So the big growth area we see with side hustles are in professional services and consulting um, so that all these people who have um, really mad skills are getting paid often way more than they were earning at their full-time job out in the freelance world. Obviously, if you are working for yourself, there are self-employment taxes, which boil down to, to both ends of the social security and Medicare taxes. You also don't have automatic withholdings. So you're gonna to have to pay a little bit more attention to setting money aside for um, uh, taxes at the end of the year. But um, it, the real thing I think you should keep in mind is um, you can do anything. Um, and you, in many places, you get to set your own rates. And so you should raise your rates from your, you know, normal working rate to account for those things that you don't get, like half of the social security taxes, benefits, a retirement plan. I'm gonna charge 30 to 40% more than what I was getting when I was working. Again, you can rent out your house to the movies. You can, um, you can be a marketer. Uh, there are a huge number for tech people. There's some consulting platforms that are just marvelous. Um, and it doesn't matter what you do. Um, you could, you know, uh, be in logistics or, or um, advertising or media, and they will pay you often, um, $100 an hour to just opine on some company's problem. Well, certainly great segments. I want to thank all of our great contributors and sponsors this week. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Weekly. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest security news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website, www.broadcastretirementnetwork.com. And of course, our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRN Sunday. I'll be joined by members of the media, academia, and financial services as we analyze all the news and events for the week. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes.
Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Are you being audited? And do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The Tax Doctor is here to help you negotiate your tax bill and reduce your stress. The IRS can freeze your assets and seize your bank accounts, but you can stop these IRS actions. The Tax Doctor will work with you using our years of experience to represent your case to help you get the best resolution under the IRS guidelines. Help is here to deal with the IRS to reduce your stress. We've handled thousands of cases, so we know what we're doing. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, do not call the IRS alone. Call a Tax Doctor now for a tax emergency analysis. Call 800-224-6439.